All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday, Amy here. And my guest today is our favorite news guy, Mosh. He's sharing what to expect in 2023. Like, is this year the end of TikTok in America? Other tech things, pop culture, travel deals, and the economy. So happy new year, Mosh, and welcome back to Four Things. Amy, it's so great to be back on the podcast. Now, Mosh, before we get into it all, I would love to know if you have an intention or a word of the year. Well, we'll start deep here, Amy. Uh, Vulnerability. It's something I didn't really do for most of my life. And then I met my wife and my girlfriend who was like, you got to open up. And what I have found over the course of the past couple of years, as uh, we dated, got married, and she really kind of pushed me to be open about my fears, my feelings, etc., is I have found how that connects to everything. And so my intention in 2023 is to continue to learn more from that and to be vulnerable and to be open about how I'm feeling about things happening in my life and, and in the world. Is that something that you were modeled in your family or were you taught not to do that? What part of you was not able to be vulnerable? My father's a former soldier. And so I grew up with that sort of mindset where, you know, it's, it's not about emotion. Things can always be worse. And so ultimately manage it, deal with it and move on. We got to come up with solutions and being very solutions oriented. And I think, you know, you sometimes you see that in terms of gender stereotypes, right? That women want to hear things out. Men tend to, you know, want to move on, be very solutions oriented. And so I think those things coupled together, it never really occurred to me. And and frankly, I was I was sort of trained in the opposite direction. So this has sort of been a, a later in life discovery for me. Okay, so vulnerable. That's your word of the year. 
I love it. We can get on board with that here. Okay, let's talk tech in 2023 because I'm very curious about TikTok and what is going on with that. Well, this is going to be a fascinating thing to watch this year. Uh, we're coming off of a year in 2022 where there was a sort of a, a reckoning when it came to big tech. You know, I think for a couple of years now, we all kind of have that feeling that some of these tech companies have an overwhelming amount of power in our lives and in our children's lives. And these companies were huge. We began the year in 22, where several of them were over $1 trillion in value, some reaching $2 trillion. I mean, just just sizes we've never seen before. You know, I'm talking the, the Amazons and the Googles, which is a parent company called Alphabet and, and Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and a whole bunch of stuff. And then you saw over 2022, the biggest collapse in the, in the market was in tech. A, a number of these tech companies are, some of them are half the size in value that they were just a year ago. Part of that had to do with just overall market and economy, but part of that had to do with the, the feeling that the government and regulators are going to start to split these companies apart, or at least give them more scrutiny, and that people are seeking alternatives. You know, there's this feeling, especially I think you're seeing it among Gen Z, you're seeing it especially in the in the alpha generation, the kids born after 2010, that this whole idea of creating this kind of perfected image of yourself on social doesn't appeal to them. And in fact, they're seeking out the opposite, right? One place that people have felt they can do that is TikTok. But the issue we're facing with TikTok this year, and this will be the big story of the year, is what is the future of TikTok here in the US? And globally. But here in the US is really interesting because TikTok is owned by a, a parent company called ByteDance, which is Chinese. And in China, if you're a company, you have an extra level of scrutiny that the government gives you, an extra level of, of power the Chinese government has over the company. And the big concern is what is the Chinese government learning about Americans and what we do day to day? What national security concerns are there? And also, what are they feeding the next generation of American kids? One thing that came up late in 2022, there was a 60 minute story that got a lot of attention. I posted on Instagram, actually, that showed the different types of TikTok that you get in China versus the TikTok that were fed here in America. Yeah, we talked about that on the Bobby Bone Show late last year. And I thought it was pretty fascinating. So go ahead and share with people because yeah, Bobby was like, it's crazy. Did you know in China, they regulate how much time kids can be on their TikTok because they want them to make sure that they're studying and doing other things and they're not just on social media all the time. So there's all these regulations, but America doesn't have any because they want to dumb us down or something. I'm paraphrasing. I think that's a fair summary. This is the deal. We know that the amount of time kids are spending adults are spending on social media is not necessarily a good thing. So in China, they've made rules. They have a version of TikTok they call Douyin. And kids basically are given 40 minutes a day on that platform. And what's interesting is the content they get in China is very oriented towards science experiments, uh, educational programs. I mean, they've really refined what kids out there get on the app. At the same time, here, there are no limits, right? We're fed the international version of TikTok. Kids are spending hours a day. There's no 40-minute time limit. So one interesting thing that came about was they then did a survey of kids in America and kids in China. What do you want to be when you grow up? Number one in America, no surprise, influencer. Number one in China, astronaut, scientist. You saw a direct correlation between the types of content kids are getting on their version of TikTok and how that changes their mindset in terms of their life aspirations and the attention they're giving to things and, and how that impacts them in school. So, I mean, there's a couple things to think about here. One is 
do we need to make rules? And this is going to be a big thing in Congress this year in Washington. It's certainly captured their attention. You know, there's some people who are just like, we should ban TikTok altogether. Then there are some who say we should negotiate with TikTok to ensure that all American data is kept here in a, on servers here in the US so the Chinese don't have access to that. And that's a conversation happening between the White House and between TikTok. And then there's a whole separate conversation, which is what rules do we need to institute for the next generation, frankly, for all of us, in regards to how we consume social media. And so it's interesting that it's taken TikTok to finally have this conversation. Because, you know, I think, Amy, I was on Facebook for the first time in 2004. So we're almost 20 years into the era of social media. Yeah. And then we talked about Twitter and how I'm barely on there, but you're still using it, especially for news. And really, and again, I'm still on it, but I don't really go to it. But when in my final stages of using it, it really was, I was following a bunch of news sites so that I could get news and information. Is that sort of what everyone's using Twitter for or what we'll see? Like, is anybody really posting an update of you know what they're doing on Twitter? I, I think there's a lot of different kind of niches of Twitter. And that could have to do with, with your age, that could have to do with kind of your, in some cases, certain countries use it in different ways, certain ethnic groups use it in different ways, uh, certain professions use it in different ways. I mean, there's a whole separate wing of Twitter that's just devoted to finance and crypto people. And like, they're all living and making the recommendations there. Then there's kind of sort of news Twitter, which I'm sort of, sort of immersed in with journalists who are, you know, reporting on things in real time, politicians who are using it to put out their messages. So Twitter has globally, I think, 300 million users. And just to put that in perspective, Amy, Facebook has 2 billion. Instagram is approaching 2 billion. TikTok has surpassed a billion. Uh, Snapchat lives at 500 million users around the world. Twitter at 300 million is sort of small compared to these other ones. And, and that's always been the challenge. And it's one of the reasons why uh, Elon Musk, when he took over, had this goal towards hitting a billion. How he's going to get there and how much role he has will really be a big question. You know, I think what'll be interesting to watch is, frankly, will there be a successful Twitter copycat? given the issues that platform has faced. I mean, there's certainly rumors out there that Facebook and Google are both looking at creating their own version of Twitter. The technology is relatively easy to replicate. And so will you see a migration happening or will Twitter kind of figure out its business? But certainly, you know, I think everyone uses it differently and maybe certain use cases will still make sense there, but it really remains to be seen. It's sort of, it'll be a big moment for Twitter this year. Instagram, how much longer is that going to be a thing, do we think? I, I don't know, because it's like when Facebook first came out, you couldn't fathom that maybe one day you might not really be using it. Instagram is my number one that I go to. And then TikTok is a happy place for me, yeah. I guess, through certain things that pop up or make me, or things my friends send me that I then go look at that just make you smile. Sort of like you can end up on the algorithm of sort of stuff you would see on America's Funniest Home Videos, that kind of stuff that just, oh, you know, is fun to watch and see. Like, I'll watch that. I'll pull up TikTok through my phone on my TV and the kids and I will just sit in the living room and my daughter will kind of control it on my phone. But we have got on the big screen and we'll swipe through that kind of content and it's entertaining for us. And then occasionally something inappropriate will pop up and I'm like, oh, shoot, swipe past that, swipe past that really quick. Unfortunately, there's like dark corners of the internet, right? And there's dark people out there. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, for the vast majority of people, that's enjoyable, they're nice, etc. But that's the kind of concern is that social media can reach everybody, including people that you don't want to be interacting with your children. I feel for all parents out there, I aspire to be a parent soon enough, and that raising their kids in this age is, is really, really challenging. And you've seen the impact of social media 
on kids, right? Enough studies have been done out there in terms of it leading to more depression, body image issues, um, all of that stuff. And that's something that in particular at Instagram, we're aware of based on leaks there. And getting to your question, like how much longer is their Instagram? It's funny, Amy, because in the fall, I was at a conference, a tech conference, and they interviewed Haley Bieber. And Bieber, Justin Bieber was in the audience and they had Haley Bieber on stage. They're talking to her about her makeup brand. It's her cosmetic brand, et cetera. And they asked like, so what's the deal with Instagram? Is it still cool? And she's like, oh yeah, it's totally cool. And like, that was a moment because it wasn't so many years ago when I believe a few of the Kardashians, it might've been Kylie Jenner, like determined that Snapchat wasn't cool anymore and moved to Instagram. And for many people that was like, oh, influencers are moving, all right, Snapchat's dead, we're moving to Instagram. And so we're all sort of waiting for that moment when like a certain number of influencers and celebs are like, or a certain generation like is ready to move on. And you're sort of kind of in that in-between moment. It feels right now between Instagram and TikTok, it really depends on, on what the future of TikTok is. Well, as a mom of a ninth grader, Snapchat is not dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, uh, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories, and they cut out the cost of the middleman, and they pass the savings on to us so we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148, so that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. Ah, uh, summer, the best time of the year. Usually it doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? 
With IKEA, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right. Well, Moshe, what about pop culture in 2023? What do we have to look forward to? Well, the first thing we got coming up very soon is the Super Bowl. Rihanna will be performing. It'll be her first uh, live concert in five years uh, since Grammys back in the day. She had rejected an invite a couple years ago due to the whole Colin Kaepernick controversy in the NFL, the kneeling controversy. Since then, Jay-Z has effectively taken over the halftime production. So he invited Rihanna. So that'll be a really exciting to see, you know, the the biggest sports event uh, of the year. Then there is in sports, the U.S. women will be going for their third straight World Cup victory. And coming off a pretty exciting, I feel like, I don't know, Amy, like soccer's not big in America, but I do feel like more and more people were talking about it with the Men's World Cup this year. So I feel like that's gonna be a thing this summer when uh, I guess the Women's World Cup happens in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, I think that definitely this World Cup that happened towards the end of last year definitely got people into it and ready for more. So yeah, I think maybe more and more people will be into it this summer. What about Megan and Harry? Did you watch the documentary on Netflix? I did. I did. It was uh, two parts in December, I think ultimately six episodes. And it's interesting because I feel like the people who came in loving them still love them. The people who came in hating them for what they did to the royal family, you know, the, the true royalists or the people who feel that they've gone overboard, they're trying to make money off the family, you know, came away like really negative towards them. I really wonder, I mean, it's so interesting given how divisive to a certain extent they are. Either you love them or you hate, like, I, I don't know. Do you know a lot of people kind of in the middle, like still unsure about how they feel about them and, and whether that documentary changed any views? I haven't watched it yet, which is crazy because I would have thought I would have seen it by now, but it, it's, it's on my list of things <laughs> There's a lot to, to watch. watch. Yeah. But I feel the most people I know either love them or they just don't care. Yeah, so I, so I guess three buckets there. Love them, don't care, and then like people who are really into the royals who are like, ah, I don't like what they're doing. So I guess those are the three buckets. It is very interesting because now they're a couple years into living in America, leaving the royal family. We came off last year off of the, you know, saying goodbye to the queen, the queen's death in the fall. This May will mark the coronation of King Charles III. So he's already king, but they have to have a coronation. That's the tradition in the British royal family going back a thousand years. I mean, this family, what's crazy to think about, literally this family, this lineage goes back a thousand years of basically running the UK. Now, obviously they had a lot more power for like the first 850, 900 years or so. And then of course the democracy sprouted up. And so it's more of a ceremonial thing now. But coming off of that, you know, there were a lot of headlines that that was basically it between them and the family. Does he attend his dad's coronation? What goes on there? We should note that the last coronation happened 
for his mother back in the early 50s, Queen Elizabeth's coronation. It was the first time it was televised. It was like the biggest international television event in history. Again, it's the 1950s. It was a different era. But this will be a, it'll be a big moment for the royal family. You'll have Queen Camilla for the first time. I don't know. Do you watch The Crown, Amy? Yes, I love it. So have you watched the most recent season of The Crown? No, okay. not there yet. Right. But I loved The Crown all of the seasons before this latest one. I don't know. I'm spending a lot of time with Grey's Anatomy, okay. which I know might sound odd, but I guess in the fall or late summer, at some point, Grey's got completely loaded up onto Netflix from season one to, I think now they're in season 18 or something. Yeah, close to and 20. so I've been slowly but surely working my way through Grey's Anatomy. And so that's taken up a lot of my computer TV watching time because I mostly watch things from my computer. But towards the end of the year and over Christmas break, I was taking in Firefly Lane, hmm. also on Netflix, because season two came out. Did you watch season one or two of that? No, you know, this is the frustrating thing about the era we've entered, which is like, there's all these streaming providers and all these shows, because of all the shows and the way they roll out, like we don't have these collective cultural things anymore. Like, I feel like, you know, pre-streaming, it was like, you knew when the season finales were happening, you were all talking about them in May or June. There's a certain number of shows on the air and we could all wake up the next day and be like, can you believe what happened? And we know what we're talking about. And now it's like, you're on Firefly Lane. I'm on season five of The Crown. I'm watching the Meghan Harry doc. Like I'm catching up on, you know, I'm trying to get into Yellowstone season two right now. Like, oh, wow. You're that far behind on yeah, Yellowstone? I'm, I'm way behind. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's like the first thing. It's like, okay, what shows are you watching? What shows have you watched? Like, what do we, where's our, where's our Venn diagram? Where's our overlap? So we can actually talk about some of this stuff. That's so true. Because yeah, when Friends was happening, you and I have talked about Friends yeah. before. We love Friends. Like when that was happening, it was a thing. Like the next day, yes, you would talk about it. And then the, when it ended, you would talk about it. And now it's like, oh, okay, yeah, there was the series finale to this, but don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me because I haven't watched it yet and I don't know when I'll get to. And 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 by the way, something that the, the kids these days will never quite understand is if you missed an episode and your VCR somehow messed up or you weren't recording it, you had to like look in the TV guide over the summer to see like when they were re-airing the episode you missed in November. And like, that was your chance to rewatch an episode, you know, like, especially in like a drama where like every episode matters, comedy is to a lesser extent, but like, that wasn't so long ago. That was 20 years ago, folks. Yeah, no, I mean, you would have to record it with on a VHS tape yep. and like hit it right. I mean, that's what we used to have to do. I mean, being in radio, that's how we would get certain songs we wanted to listen to as well, that if it would come onto the radio and you wanted it, but you didn't have the actual cassette tape or... CDs weren't even a thing yet. You would have to put a blank cassette tape in, hit record, record, and you could record songs from the radio. Yeah, there's so much kids will never understand. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the biggest fight in the house is when your parents accidentally recorded over your VHS. You're like, what did, what? All right, I'm going to shift gears and talk travel for 2023, Mosh, because before we started recording, you were telling me that travel may look different this year, but actually in a good way. So- What's really interesting, I was talking to a, a travel expert, a guy named Peter Greenberg, who I worked with. He's the big travel contributor at CBS News, has a whole website and social media presence. He's constantly giving advice when it comes to travel. And what's really interesting, and I don't know if you were like this, but everyone in 2022 coming off of COVID, et cetera, was like, I got to travel. I, it's my first time getting out of the country, et cetera. And it was a lot of countries opening up. Airlines uh, weren't ready for it. Uh, hotels weren't ready for it. And so they boosted prices. And so for many people, they blew their budgets in 2022 because the prices were insane. 
So what does that mean? So people are now looking at their budgets, looking at their credit card statements, uh, looking at potentially, you know, I'll bring in the economy here a little bit for you here, Amy, like look at a potential recession this year, right? We don't know where the economy is going. Interest rates are higher, et cetera. So what does that mean? Well, if you blew your budget last year, you might have trouble traveling. You want to stay close to home, et cetera. If you didn't, you're going to see some interesting travel deals and you want to get at them early for the summer and fall because especially if you travel off peak, so spring and fall, really, summer is always going to be expensive. But because of what happened in 2022, hotels and uh, airlines are like freaking out a little bit and saying, are we going to be able to fill all the seats and fill all the rooms? So look for some deals this year, especially just given how much things cost last year. Okay, that's a good tip to know about. Everyone has their own preferences, right? Like some people are cruise ship Disney World people. Some people are like, I want to go to places where no one goes. Uh, some people are more inter international. Some are more into like, I want to stay close to home or I have kids, etc. I have never been to Montana or Wyoming. I want to try to hopefully go there this year or even next year. It's on my travel bucket list. They call Montana big sky country for a reason. Like literally, it just feels different. And we're so fortunate, Amy, to live, you know, for those of you who are listening who live here in the US, like just the diversity of places that's available. And it's like here in this country, the different types of places, the mountains, the the plains, there's just, there's so much beauty, especially, you know, when you take a road trip and you're like, you know, there's certain places in this country that feel like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in, a, uh, in the Caribbean or I feel like I'm in, you know, someplace in Europe. So there's there's a lot here at home for people to take a look at. Actually, my, my dream this year, Amy, I will tell you, just because I, I worked and I traveled a lot. I've been to 49 of the states. My missing state right now, is Alaska. My wife actually really wants to go salmon fishing up there. So we're looking at potentially getting to Alaska at some point this year. Oh, that's going to be beautiful. I've never been either. So I have that on my list <laughs> as well. <laughs> I'll meet you there. All right. I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. Ah, uh, summer, the best time of the year. Usually it doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices, and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. 
Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. Now, the best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or find leather goods. And stay cool in a short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap. Or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style, and they are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. What about economy-wise? The housing market has been bonkers, at least in 2021, 2022 here in Nashville. It was so crazy. What are the updates we have on maybe housing market, recession situation, interest rates? Yikes. Well, I mean, the bottom line for all of us, I think we feel it every week when we go grocery shopping. We feel it in the stores. If you look at all prices, some grocery prices were 30% more in 2022 versus 2021. One of my favorite breads, I didn't buy it the last time I was at the grocery store because I thought I cannot pay this much for this bread. So hopefully it'll go back down. Yeah. But I chose a, an alternative to my favorite bread because I couldn't wrap my head around spending that much money on bread. And that's an issue for a lot of people, right? And so ultimately, and, and it forces people sometimes to have to make less healthy decisions when it comes to what they're eating and what they're putting inside their body because it's like, I can't afford the, the extra healthy stuff or to make this. Like, I'm going to have to, you know, get something out of a box or out of a can or, or whatever, you know, that's more simple. So this is the deal for 2023. Inflation has started to come down in the last couple of months of 2022. The Federal Reserve, the central bank of the United States, has been raising interest rates to basically try to pull money out of the economy. And, and what they're trying to do, in essence, is by raising interest rates, that means that we're less likely to take out loans. We're less, lo- less likely to have more money, which means we have less money to spend on things which means prices are going to start to come down. When we all had so much money from, you know, the kind of post-COVID stipends and the market being at record highs, what that meant is we all had money, we're all spending it. And so all these stores were raising the prices being like, you know, like, all right, there's so much demand out there. There's only certain so much supply. On top of that, supply wasn't coming in from abroad. On top of that, the war in Ukraine and Russia, you were mentioning bread prices. That's a third of the world's wheat supply in a war zone. So that meant that less of that was coming out. So there's a lot of international things here, but there's a lot of trend lines. And so the bottom line is inflation started to come down. Where will inflation go? And as they raise interest rates and bring inflation down, the big concern this year is, are they going to bring it down so quickly that we're going to hit a recession, which means people are going to lose their jobs. They're trying not to, but that is ultimately the sort of game of chess they're trying to play by raising interest rates to bring down inflation. So we're paying less at the grocery store, but how do they do it in a way that doesn't 
freak out the stores so much they lay off people. And then that leads to a recession and higher unemployment. So that's the trend line. It's too early to make predictions. The majority of bankers out there and economists who get paid to make these predictions say there will be some sort of recession this year. So you know, make sure you have your six months of savings, your emergency fund. That's the most important thing people need to remember is the in case something happens scenario to have a few months ready to go that's in your savings account in case something happens. And that's the big thing to be ready for this year. But, you know, let's hope that what they call in economic terms, a soft landing happens, that we are able to bring these inflation down without too much of a recession and ultimately recover quicker than than some of the more negative predictors are, are saying right now. What about housing market? So that'll be interesting, right? Because over the course of 2022, the 30-year mortgage rate doubled. It started the year at 3%, finished the year at 6%. That's a huge difference in a 30-year mortgage, right? Huge. <laughs> like you're buying huge. a house, you're buying a house and you're like, okay, the prices have come down, so to speak, from the peak, but wait, over the 30 years of this mortgage, how much more am I paying for this house? You know, we we're talking about the travel thing, like don't wait. And then like, you know, a realtor will tell you like, don't wait. Like, you know, it's, it's difficult to time the market. And if you need a home or you need to grow or you need to downsize or you've lost your job or you're going to do what you have to do. And the issue that you have right now is given the interest rates we just talked about, some people who may have been ready to sell their home and upgrade or move or whatever are like, wait, I'm going to sell my home and have to take a 30-year mortgage at 6% or 7%. No, thank you. I'm happy with my 2% even if I'm not in love with my house or this wasn't my plan. So the problem you have right now is inventory, right? If you're looking to buy a house or even sell a house and look for something else, there's less people who are, are prone to sell. It seems like right now the housing industry is split on whether mortgage rates will rise or fall this year, like whether 7% is the peak or whether we could see 10% or whether it'll go back down to 4%. Right now, you know, one of the things that came that we learned at the end of 22 is that like the, the construction market isn't the new home market isn't what we thought it would be. So they haven't built enough new homes. So we have a shortage, especially in certain parts of this country, it's hard to nationalize things, that there's a lack of inventory, a lack of new homes. Uh, and what that means is that prices right now aren't at peak COVID prices, but still aren't haven't fallen to a level. And I guess to a certain extent, that's a good thing, because it means there hasn't been a collapse in the market, which would be terrible, like we saw in 08, and people aren't saying we'll have that. At the same time, it's going to be kind of hit or miss, but there's certainly certain areas where you are seeing some deals happen. And in particular, this, the, those are the areas where people left during COVID, the northern states, the southern states, the Floridas, the Texases, the Arizonas that saw the influx of people, the prices there are coming down much less than they are in the north. Oh, yeah. Okay. So a lot, a lot, a lot to look forward <laughs> there's, to. There's a lot there. It's, it's, it's hard in January and early January to make predictions for the entire year, but yeah. you, know, you know. Well, well, thank you for coming on though, to help us, you know, have a gauge on what's expected uh, in 2023. Before we started recording, we talked about sort of a quick 2022 recap. And then it was like, ah, it's important to always have history because you learn from it. So it's always good to look back. But I was like, no, let's just right now, for the sake of this podcast, we're going to look forward and look to, to 2023. And I always love having you on, love your insight, your perspective, and how you deliver things in such a digestible way. So if you want to tell people where to find you and all your things, Mosh, um, that way they they know where they can get what I say to be my favorite news source. <laughs> 
Well, I, I appreciate that, Amy. You, you've been an incredible advocate um, and friend these last couple of years, both online and then when we finally met in person. So I'm so grateful and thankful to you for all of that. So started this during COVID, started on my Instagram account, which is at Moshe, at M-O-S-H-E-H. Uh, last year, we took it to a newsletter and a podcast. Uh, you can find me uh, daily doing kind of a daily digest of sort of the 12 news stories you need to know each day over on the Mo News podcast, M-O space news. Uh, so you can find me over there. And then the uh, Mo News newsletter, you can find over at mo.news, the website. Awesome. I joined this podcast world in June. You were actually one of the people who's like, most you got to have a podcast. You got to launch a podcast. Started a couple days a week uh, in July, took it daily. Uh, and I've seen incredible growth. We reached a million downloads in about six months, which is very exciting. You know, one of the things I try to do with the Instagram account and the podcast is take people's feedback, take people's questions and try to answer them. Because I think there's a lot of journalists out there that just kind of report on things without any feedback mechanism. And, and what's really important to me is to hear from people, hear the questions they're asking to make sure that what I'm reporting on is relevant and answering the right questions. Well, Mo, since you've been on the podcast, you know that we love to do four things gratitude. So I would love to hear four things that you're currently thankful for. Family, number one. Modern medicine, in terms of dealing with a family and friends' medical issues and just the technologies that are out there and incredible doctors. I'm so thankful. Something went down in my family and just meeting the nurses and the doctors and knowing how much they've been through with COVID and, and cutbacks in hospitals, et cetera, just like the incredible work they're doing. I'm so thankful for all of them. So I'm grateful for all of them. I'm grateful to my wife, Alex, for a million things, but in particular, like pushing me pushing me in ways I didn't anticipate both day to day emotionally, but also like literally as we're recording this, I'm like skiing and I learned how to ski as an adult and it was scary as all hell, but like she had skied her whole life and she's like, you can do it. You can do it. Like do a couple lessons. Like I believe in you. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm going down the mountain on skis in a way that I never thought I would ever do a couple years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. Four is really, it's, uh, you know, I, I know we've, might overlap on some audience members, but really I'm just thankful for all my supporters, you um, and all the people who've been so supportive as I've tried to start my own thing in journalism and news and launching Mo News. I'd be nothing if it wasn't for, for the audience and the feedback they give me. And honestly, in a place on social media, and we've talked about this, and it can be so mean and so nasty and you can get such terrible things. I have discovered friendships um, had incredible conversations, learned so much about other people. And so I'm grateful to the audience. And and frankly, you know, like we, we can talk, we can be critical of social media all we want and it certainly has its downside, but I'm, I'm thankful that it's enabled me to meet complete strangers that otherwise I would have never gotten to know and never interacted with. And, and some of them have made a real impact on my life. I love that. Well, Mosh, it's always a pleasure having you on. Tell your wife, I said, hi, yes. and then I'm going to let you get back to your ski trip, but <laughs> be careful out there. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I, I will. I will. Don't you worry. When you learn to ski in your late 30s, early 40s, you uh, you find yourself very careful. I actually am a little jealous of like the four or five-year-olds on skis who are just carefree. I was like, if they only knew. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, they're closer to the ground. So if they fall, it's not as scary. Exactly. Whereas if we fall, I mean, oh, it could be, yeah, a trip to see these medical professionals that you're so <laughs> thankful for. Totally. I, I, I spent about 10 to 15 minutes before every day uh, stretching, you know, like you, you got to do good. that. You got to do this at, at this. I have age. to do that just like even if I'm not skiing. <laughs> so 
stretching. Okay, well, Moshe, we'll, we'll have you back on at some point this year for sure. And we'll link everything in the show notes. That way y'all can make sure you're finding him, although he is like the only Moshe on Instagram. And I feel like that's an easy place to learn where you are in a bunch of different places. If I come to New York, I'll reach out. But if not, I'll see you online. Wonderful, Amy. Thank you. And uh, we're looking to have you on the Mo News podcast sometime soon. So we got to book that. Yes, I would love to do that. Can't wait. Awesome. Bye. Bye. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they're going to last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com.